Hey, Chris. Hey, Wendell. It's that time. <gasps> what time is it? Wendell in the wild time. <laughs> we had an adventure this week. We did. We got to take a walk in the wood. We took a walk in the wild side. We, we did with <laughs> none other than Pike Messenger. And if any of you know anything about Middleton, you know Pike Messenger. It would, first of all, that is a great name. It is a great name. It is a great name. Pike has been uh, living in Middleton for a very long time, and he's been involved with the Middleton Stream Team and been involved in environmental issues for a really long time. Yeah. We had Pike take us out to see some vernal pools in yes, Middleton. which was really interesting. Um, we got to learn the difference between, uh, sort of define what a vernal pool is and the difference between a vernal pool and a pond and it was a perfect day for a walk in the woods which was nice it was we should say that pike is a force isn't he yeah. walking around pike in doesn't the woods. so much as walk through the woods as he sort of plows through he, the woods he's amazing <laughs> yeah. chris and i were like gingerly picking our way over fallen branches and around prick of bushes and whatever not nope. pike he nope. just forges ahead right through everything it was awesome <laughs> yeah it's good so we have several segments here uh this short uh, the whole show today is going to be maybe i don't know 15 minutes yeah. max probably um but do stick around because at the end we're going to give you a rundown on some events that are coming up. Yes, some, some Earth Day events, some volunteer opportunities. Yep. Yeah, and a salamander-related event. Yes. So stick around. <laughs> uh, right now, let's cue the tape and let's listen to what Pike had to say about vernal pools. How long do the wood frogs stay in the pool after they lay their eggs? No, I think they leave right away. Do they? Okay. And they head back upland? They go, they go to wet soils and puddles. They go back under the leaves. A lot of them will be cleared fairly near the fish. Usually on a warm day you'll hear them. They sound like little ducks. Uh, a crackling, like a crackling of dry paper. Quack, 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 quack. But the whole, the whole pool would be singing on a... Right. We didn't get to actually hear, unfortunately, any wood frogs. No, but I loved Pike's image of um, the whole pool singing. He said yes. when, the, when the frogs start, when you can hear them. Right. Um, he said it sounds like the whole pool is singing. And I was like, what a great image that is. It really is. Yeah. And I was fortunate, and we're going to cue this sound up in a second. On the way home from hockey the other night, I actually got some audio of a full chorus of peepers and <laughs> listen carefully and you can hear the wood frogs the, the peepers are so loud yeah they're really loud was it raining because i find they're really really loud yeah yeah when yeah. it's raining a little bit of rain yeah, yeah. and um because the peepers are so loud they, they sort of overwhelm the wood frogs <laughs> um but take a listen and you can hear them So even though we weren't able to hear the wood frogs or see the wood frogs, we did find the eggs. Yes, we did. We found a lot of eggs. We found a lot of eggs. And if you go to our Facebook page, you can see some pictures of what we're crowing about because yes. we got very excited to see the eggs. When the light hits them, you don't see them at first, but when the no. light hits them a certain way, you go, wow. And you realize that what you think are like ripples on the water aren't. Those are like it's massive the, amounts of eggs. Yes. The frogs are taking over if all of those live, by the right, way. Right, yeah, yes, right. eggs. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of them are not going to survive. No. Um, that's why they 
produced so many. So many, yeah. Yeah. It reminded me very much of when I was a kid, because I, I grew up in, in rural New Hampshire, just off a dirt road, and there was a big pond down the street from us. And it was a pond. It was not a vernal pool, because we, we would follow the brook that it was fed by. Um, but we collected, we would collect polywog eggs every year. We'd go looking for them. My mother would make us little nets out of the onion, out of the red onion bags. Oh, that is great. She would string them on a coat hanger for There's us. There's Yankee ingenuity Yankee for ingenuity. <laughs> we would scoop up our polywog eggs and we would always bring home just like a little small amount in a bucket and we would watch them turn from eggs into tadpoles and frogs. It's such a great process it's to really, see. It's it's amazing. It, like Pike says, it happens really quick. It, it, does. it doesn't yep. take very long because they have a very short season. Yeah. But you see their little legs start to grow. You yep. see the little fins start to go. First they get sort of like a little tail yes. with the polywogs. Yep. But then the tail starts to go away and they sort of round up and they become these little frogs. And then they just one yeah. day they hop out of the tank and around the house. Before, we well, had that happen. Before they get to that point, we would usually scoop them back out and take them back down to the pond and let them right, go in the pond. Right, right. Now, we should say there were a number of different species of uh, yes, frogs yeah. here uh, that you'll find in the in, in New England. There's and a half a kid, dozen I of them no or so. And they all lay different yeah. types of egg masses, like the American toad, which yep. is the toad that most people see. They lay their eggs in a string as opposed to a mass really? like a wood frog would. Huh. So, That's yeah. Cool. And here are some interesting things that Pike is going to talk about in this next clip concerning the number of eggs and do they come out of the frog looking like that, the way you see them in the yeah, pond? Yeah. And then also where they're situated in, in the vernal pool. Yeah, it's I know, which is, that was interesting too. Very I really, specific. I never really thought about that. In each bunch there, about bunch this size, there may be a couple thousand eggs. And those are the wood frogs. Those are the wood frogs. And what yes. distinguishes them? How do you know those are wood frog eggs? Well, uh, I'll, get, I'll get a bunch for you and we'll take a look at the, the wood frog eggs up close. These, these have probably been here, and I looked at them about a week. Okay, give me a... Uh, right here, I'm right behind you. <laughs> get, get oh, away. wow, look. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, look at that. They've gone from... Eggs to the beginning embryos. Now. Okay. Look at that. Okay. Right. Here's the great thing about them. This is why one of the reasons they do on the north side of the pond, where there's more light, is because the black absorbs light. Okay. And so the temperature inside those black larvae. Yep. Will be well above the water temperature. Okay. So the temperature here would probably be about the low 30s in the, in the there? water. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I should have brought a thermometer low 30s, and then uh, the temperature inside the embryos might be up in the 50s or so. Oh, interesting. Okay. And so then that, that remember, they, they've got to go through their life cycles fast yeah. Yeah. to get the hell out of this right. as little frogs. Before it dries up. So in, in, in uh, June, they'll, they'll be tadpoles in another week. Okay. And if we come back here, we see them breaking out of the gel. That protects them. And uh, and then by about the end of May or so, they'll be losing their external gills. They'll be developing little frogs by June. Okay. And then they go out and go out and live under the leaves or wherever. And uh, some some people think they come back to the same pool that they they were born in. Huh. It would they, make how sense. They, how they know. Yeah. They know. Well, they don't... How far do they go from the pool? They can't go that far. Oh, they do. They, do they? Some of the 
Jefferson salamanders might go uh, 1,200 feet. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's quite a distance these, for a I little guy. I don't know how, now you can see them. Okay. Look, at, look at the numbers of them, ladies. See, they, they go way out there. Not not one female laid these, but several. And they produce massive amounts. And you wonder how a little frog could produce all that egg. Well, right. It's the egg is almost microscopic, and then it absorbs water. And so most most okay. of what you see is water. Now we uh, didn't see salamanders either, but this is pretty interesting about how salamanders procreate, isn't it, Grace? It, that was very interesting, which is is not very affectionately, right? <laughs> it's very it's very businesslike. We're just I've got a package to deliver, and here you go. <laughs> and it's almost kind of like reminds me of a spy film. Yeah, totally. I'm going to leave the pack on the green leaf on the north side of the pond. Totally. You can pick it up later. She just picks it up, and then the female just picks it up when she needs it, and it's. So, but it's interesting, too, because if you ever think, why did somebody throw rice into the pond? Now you know what it is. Now you know what it they're, is. They're little white. They're about the size of, of a grain of rice. That's right. So, the sperm packets yeah. are about the size of a grain of rice. <laughs> we'll let uh, Pike we'll, explain we'll let Mike it to you. About the size of two grains of rice. Okay. Attached to leaves. And those are the salamander sperm packets. Okay. Yeah. Yep. The spotted salamanders put down the sperm packets. And while they're having... It's having these what so-called pig nights. The female will go over and pick up the sperm packet, and that tells us she's still alive. Next, we learned about um, kind of what a verna pool actually is. I thought it was interesting when Pike said that there's it's a whole, it's this whole ecosystem. That really is temporary. It's temporary. Um, because yeah. when it gets, we we came to one vernal pool, which was really quite large. I mean, it was the size of a small pond. It was. But he said by the middle of August, it'll be gone. Right. Because vernal pools, and, and this is something I didn't know, Ver, the difference between a vernal pool and a pond is a pond is fed by a brook or a stream or something. Yes. And vernal pools are not. They That's right. are formed by rain and by snow melt. But I love the fact that there's like, he tells you that there's like hundreds of organisms and creatures that live there. And then when it dries up, I it. know they're gone. And, and then it just all vanishes. again next it's like, year. It's like Brigadoon. It, <laughs> <laughs> it just shows up. <laughs> so That's it's great. Brigadoon of the animal world. <laughs> and again, here's Pike. This is where the wood frogs and salamanders live under the leaves and logs. Every spring in uh, late March and April, on if it gets a wet, warm night, they'll go forth and go to the vernal pools where they were born. Huh. And, uh, and they'll live for several years, so they, they don't make it or it's too dry or something's wrong. But by going year after year, eventually, They'll, they'll reproduce and keep their populations going. But these vernal pool animals can only uh, survive where there are no fish. And so that's the importance of vernal pools. And they're, they're not alone. There are, there are hundreds of the animals, insects and little crustaceans. And, Fairy shrimp. Yeah, fairy shrimp, that's another key one.
One of the things we learned while we were out there, um, Pike talks about vernal pools and, and how many there are, and really that they're okay. That they're there are 200 okay. of them. That's amazing. In Middleton. Yeah. But there, and there are such varying sizes. Yes. There's little ones that really aren't much bigger than a puddle, and then there are the, the ones like we saw that were really the size of, of a pond, really, almost. Right, right. Which is amazing. But the, the other thing I found fascinating was to discover how much protected land Middleton has. I had no idea yeah. that Middleton had all of this protected land, yeah. and it made me so happy. Right? <laughs> if you're coming through, if your only experience of Middleton is Route 114. Which it was right? for most of, yeah, until When recently, you were growing up, yeah. right? You would have no idea. No. There's a lot of protected no. land in, in Middleton. I, I believe he said it's on, on the order of 30%. Yeah, I thought overall. it was more than that. Yeah, it, It's a lot. He said yeah. like one side of the town is completely developed, yeah. and the other side of the town is completely protected, yeah. which is fantastic. Because I feel like so many communities, and especially I guess because I live in a, in a beach community, it's just built out to within an inch of its life. Yeah. And so when I, when I realize or discover that a town, especially a town that's so close, is so protected like that, it just yeah. makes me so happy. It's great, isn't <laughs> it? It gives me hope for the future. Absolutely. <laughs> that it's not all going to go away. <laughs> yes. Here's to hope for the frogs in the future. Absolutely. Over the years, Pike, have you seen any significant changes in the vernal pools here? No, I... No, I see change year year to year, but yeah, no. They in in protected lands with there are no houses and lawns and so on. They'll be even close to houses and lawns in your backyard sometime. But places that haven't been developed like this, they're, they're doing fine. Well, that's good to know. <gasps> Did you hear that? <gasps> I did. You know what that means. That means it's time for event announcements. It's announcement time. We have some wonderful events coming up that we wanted to tell you about that are sort of related to the subject we've been discussing today. Yeah, because April is Earth Day month. There's going to be a salamander meander at the Ipswich River Wildlife Sanctuary. (laughs) Isn't that great? I love it. A salamander meander (laughs) uh, at the Ipswich River Wildlife Sanctuary on Perkins Row in Tobsfield on April 27th. This is for kids ages six and up. Mine are mostly um, uh, Marblehead related, but there's um, Earth Day at Lead Mills, which is nice because it's Marblehead Salem. It's uh, the Marblehead Conservancy Trail Committee will host its annual Earth Day celebration on Saturday, May 4th from 9 a.m. to noon at Lead Mills, which is on uh, Route 114, and it's right on the Salem Marblehead line. So they'll provide all the materials. It's a cleanup. They do. Um, they also plant wildflowers. One of the oh, things great. they've been doing at Lead Mills is they've been trying to bring back natural flowers there. Yep. So every year they plant a different section and hoping to coax them into into growing. So they'll provide all of the material and just wear a pair, you know, bring a pair of gloves and wear sturdy shoes. And you can go to marbleheadconservancy.org for more information on that. There's going to be an Abbey Day celebration at the Holton Richmond Middle School in Danvers at 10 a.m. on April 26th. There will be a tree planting ceremony. And then also in Danvers, there's going to be an Earth Day cleanup Saturday, April 27th, starting at 9 a.m. in the Hobart Street parking lot. And in addition, they're going to be handing out tree seedlings to the first 100 people oh, with nice. planting instructions. So Marblehead is also having a tree planting ceremony. It's a little bit different. They're doing it Saturday, April 27th, 10 a.m. at Seaside Park, which is right on Atlantic Ave, right at the Gary Street, Atlantic Ave intersection near Star of the Sea Church. A lot of people know where that is. It is Elderac and Interact, which are the senior and the teen 
branches of Rotary are coming together to plant trees in honor of all of the school shooting victims. Okay. Um, so I think it'll be a really nice, it's open to the public, anybody that wants to come down and pay tribute. I think it'll just be a really, I think it'll be a really healing day. I think it'll be a really nice day. Now, Boxford, Middleton, and Topsfield are having all of their Earth Day and Arbor Day celebrations on the same weekend. Topsfield has an Arbor Day, Earth Day cleanup on April 27th from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. gather at the Emerson Center. And then they're also doing their Earth Day celebration the same day from 10 to 12.30 p.m. at the Gould Barn and on the lawn. Boxford is happening April 27th from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Gather at the Town Hall and Recycling Center on Spofford Road. You will be going out to pick up trash as much as you can. Nice. People will receive free Benson's ice cream. Mm, I would do that for ice cream. Yes. (laughs) And then Middleton Stream Team is having their annual Earth Day Festival, although it's going to be at a different place this year because the Recreation Hall at Creighton Pond was vandalized. Oh, that's right. It was pretty well destroyed inside. So while that is being fixed up, um, this year it's going to happen at Rub Chinook Park, which is off East Street and Peabody Street in Middleton. It's going to be on April 28th from noon to 3 p.m. And this has all kinds of things going on. Um, Larger than life puppets, parachute games, eco stories, science demos, owl pellet dissections, environmental and conservation activities. Yeah, lots of (laughs) lots of fun stuff. Okay, we will see you next time. Yes. In the meantime, get out there, enjoy the spring, enjoy the mud and celebrate Earth Day and enjoy the frogs. Yes. Enjoy the peepers.